Pour out your spirit, O God, over the whole world to inspire every heart with knowledge and love of you. Grant that we who confess Jesus as Lord may shun whatever is contrary to this faith and give witness to your love that has saved us in Christ. For he lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. In the following passage from the Hebrew Scriptures Book of Numbers, Moses corrects Joshua's attitude about who should or shouldn't be given a share of the spirit of prophecy. Moses tells Joshua that he wished that all God's people would receive that spirit, including all of us. Reading from the book of Numbers, the Lord came down in the cloud, took some of the spirit that was on Moses, and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men said, My Lord, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we listen to this passage from the letter of James, we hear James chastise the wealthy who cheated their workers for financial gain. James echoes Jesus, calling us to divest from worldly wealth and invest in the values of God's kingdom. A reading from the letter of St. James. Come now, you rich people, weep and wail for the miseries that are coming to you. Your riches have rotted, and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have rusted, and their rust will be evidence against you, and it will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure for the last days. Listen, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous one who does not resist you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Listen to this reading. It comes from the Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. After Jesus had finished teaching the disciples, John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Don't stop him. 
No one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you trouble, causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a happy, cheery gospel, huh? I've been doing weddings for 46, 47 years now. We've never read that gospel at a wedding. <laughs> I can see the mother of the bride going berserk. Oh, my goodness. You know, when we hear this gospel story... Doesn't the Apostle John sound like a weenie? Jesus. Jesus, we saw a guy. He was, he was casting demons out of someone, and we made him stop. We told him to stop because, well, he's not of our company. I can just see Jesus rolling his eyes like, oh, man. John, in, in making that... Uh, testimony or whatever it was, to me he sounds a little bit like the scribes and the priests and the elders, those who tried to exclude people who didn't think like they thought, who didn't speak like they spoke, who didn't worship the same way they worshiped. The elders and the high priests and the scribes, they made relationship with God exclusive. That's not Jesus, is it? Jesus is all about being inclusive, welcoming people, accepting people as they are.
as Jesus continues his teaching, teaching in this text, it seems so harsh. Huh? Cut your hand off, cut your foot off, poke your eye out. If they keep you away from the kingdom of God. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? It doesn't sound like Jesus to us. But the more I thought about it, first of all, he contrasts the kingdom of God with Gehenna. Now, contrary to what some of you may believe, Gehenna is not a suburb of Cleveland. Okay, it just... Gehenna was a, a outskirts of Jerusalem, which was run and owned by the ancient Malachites. And you all remember the Malachites, they, uh, they engaged in human sacrifices. What an abomination. They sacrificed human beings. They sacrificed children. When Israel took control of Jerusalem, there was no more human sacrifice. And that place, that Gehenna, that became the garbage dump. That became the place where they took out the trash and they set it on fire. And that fire was going on and on. Jerusalem was a fairly large city. You can imagine the trash burning all the time. Oh, the stench. The smoke and, 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 and the smog. How, how terrible it would be. It would think that we would do everything we can to avoid being thrown into Gehenna. Doing everything we can so that we enter with God's grace, we enter into the kingdom of God and not Gehenna. We would do everything we can even chopping off a foot or a hand or poking out an eye. That was the cost. If that was the cost of keeping us out of Gehenna, it would be worth it. Because doing the things that are against the will of God that's the down payment on a condo in Gehenna. We wouldn't want that. The challenge of, of the teaching of Jesus in this text, he's telling us to, if your hand causes you problems, cut it off. If your feet cause you problems, cut it off. Cut. If your eye gives you problems, leads you astray, poke it out. Bishop Robert Barron, who is an auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles, California, he writes an interesting commentary about this passage. Our feet lead us astray when they take us on paths that do not enter the kingdom of God. Our hands 
lead us astray. When they grasp things with a passion that exceeds our passion for the things of the kingdom, for the things of the gospel. When we've got more passion for the things of the world, that leads us to Gehenna. And the eyes are a problem. Eyes are a problem when they look on things and begin to covet them. This is what we need to be happy, to have that stuff. Grab onto it. The message in this gospel text today is let go. Let go of anything that keeps us away from the values of the kingdom, the kingdom of peace and joy and love. Let go of everything that keeps us away from that and from the teaching of Jesus so that we can enter into the kingdom. I've got an old story for you. You probably already heard this like a hundred years ago. Uh, there was a group of scientists who were doing research on a species of monkey. And in order to do the, the research, they had to figure out a way to capture these monkeys in, in Africa. And what they did was ingenious. They got these bottles with very, very thin necks. And they put peanuts in the bottom of these bottles. And they hung these thin-necked bottles in the tree. Well, the monkeys, the monkeys caught the scent of the peanuts, and they went after them. And they climbed up the tree and in the bushes, and they stuck their paws into these bottles. But when they tried to escape, they wouldn't unclench their fists around the peanuts, so they couldn't get their paws, their fists, out of the bottle. And with that kind of, of disability, they were easily captured. They didn't know how to let go. How about us? I'm guessing that all of us, we, we have relationship with God. What's God calling us to to let go of in our lives. You know, I've been thinking during this pandemic, it became obvious to me that I've got to let go of television. I mean, the violence gets me angry and makes me feel violent. There's always that, that, that sexual depravity. The relationships that are portrayed on television that are not truthful trusting relationships. They're selfish. And the advertising, the advertising is constantly telling us what we need to be happy. It strikes me that I need to walk away, to let go of watching television. Perhaps you're caught in watching the stuff on your computer screen. 
Maybe that's what you're called to let go of. You know, when Jesus said to us, if your eyes your problem, pluck it out. If your hand is your problem, cut it off. I don't think he was monkeying around. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.